Howdy, howdy, everybody. This is Jared Sterrett, and you're listening to KZCC LP 106.1 Conroe and KZCW LP 104.5 in Conroe and worldwide at OurLoneStar.com. Uh, Sherrits Collins and Cheryl Ellsworth Jahani. We Tony are Lynn Tony Lynn, sorry. C-L-C. Tony, Tony Lynn Thompson Sherrits Collins. Uh, we are <laughs> we are two Texas licensed attorneys, and we are here as a public service for you, our Texas listeners. And we have some listeners from Colorado, and I think we've got some people from New York that listen sometimes. But um, we're here uh, to just talk about a variety of legal topics and uh, hopefully somehow assist you. You know, we believe in serving the community and uh, one another and somehow assist you in addressing or managing your legal challenges or legal situations. And I'm going to throw out there that the early voting has started and Harris County had a record turnout which I don't know what that means because they're a little bit more liberal than we are up here. But um, but then Trump came yesterday, and all of my friends, I give a big shout-out to all of my, 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 my friends that went to the Trump rally and waited in line yeah. instead of having their, um, uh, wherever they do, go to Tootsie's or wherever. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> they, they waited in line for the Trump rally. So, um, and I know they had fun, and they were screaming and hooting and hollering. But anyway, early voting today. Everybody get out and make sure you... Um, you do your civic duty and you you uphold the rights that you're given in the United States and vote. Very, very important because I'm also going to talk a little bit today about annexation um, and your ability in Montgomery County to prevent being annexed uh, because we want to be a tier two county and we're not, but we can be if we get 10% of our voters to sign up on a petition. But that will be after we discuss the topic of the day, which is trusts. We're going to talk about trust. We've talked about trust on this show before, yes. but we're going to do a little bit more in depth. We've got a, I've got an interesting case. I found an interesting case about this guy who was uh, violating the Texas Securities Act and defrauding uh, the elderly mm-hmm. uh, of their uh, retirements and annuities. Did and he all know of them, that. or was he somebody that met them like on the internet or something? He did seminars. This is in Head versus State. He oh. did seminars for huh. people, uh, mainly targeting the elderly in uh, hotels and conference rooms. And when you say rooms. elderly, how old is that? Um, Seventy and above. Okay, I was going to say I'm not consider myself elderly. Although no, no. these I can people get were cheap, quite elderly. Cheap prices at the movies. Oh, you now. can. Yes. Okay. Although my well, husband cannot, I am elderly. He is not. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, first, let's talk about what a trust is. Okay. okay. So, Tony, tell our listeners what a trust is. Oh my gosh, you're going to make me define what trust is off the top of my head. Yeah, um, but you can do it. um, I know you can. I I probably can't, even though I've done a lot of trust. And I will say this, just sort of in passing, I was sitting in um, County Court 2 the other day Mm -hmm. uh, waiting for my case to come up. And I don't know why I got there early, because you know that's not like me. I Mm -hmm. usually, I I swoop in like one second before something starts and I get going. And... um, and so anyway, I was watching this uh, really interesting case, and it was on a trust. And it was on, um, which my uh, uh, listeners, if you just have a little free time, and, and it, it, rather than watch TV or listen or get on Facebook or whatever, go down to the courthouse and just listen to some hearings. It's, it's open to the public. Anybody so can watch. Mm-hmm. It is, unless you're a witness, of course, and you can't be in there, but uh, maybe you've got a protective order or a restraining order. But whatever the case may be, um, go on and just watch. It is just really, really interesting. And so I was waiting for my case to be called, and I was listening to this case, and there were more attorneys in that courtroom than there were witnesses. And I, I, know. I, I know. learned that the, the courthouse, the annex, um, has cameras out in the hall now. And when you're in the courtroom, they show you. You can watch the people, the witnesses, and people kind of out in the hall. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, maybe if they shouldn't be talking to somebody or whatever, but don't be doing it because everybody's watching you now. Mm-hmm. And it was on. A, it was the case was about a trust, though. And it was two siblings that were arguing over uh, their elderly mother's estate, which I guess wasn't all that big but became substantial after it was invested. And money, the love of money is the root of all evil. And I couldn't tell 
by, I couldn't tell who was in the right because everybody seemed so believable, but they were duking it out. And everybody. The brother and sister? And they were older. They were like probably in their 50s. What and they, do you they mean, wanted to be the trustee of the mom's trust. And the brother was trying to get it away from the sister. But they were both. You know, I won't, I won't and they were both only. beneficiaries, so the mom was still living. Well, it was—I couldn't tell by because you know you're just kind of walking, right. and then you're listening like mm-hmm. you've walked into a show, like a Hallmark movie or something. That's right. kind of what it, it comes down to. Mm-hmm. And you're watching these people on the stand, and everybody seems to be kind of believable until you until they start lying, and you can tell because it's just like the Kavanaugh hearings. Mm-hmm. It's like suddenly they're like not answering, or they're answering they don't make. A lot they're of stuttering sense, or, or looking around. Or a lot, they're or... not giving enough information for it to be legitimate. And so I'm just watching this, going, "Wow, if I were a juror, which way would I go with it?" And normally I don't get that benefit. Normally when I'm sitting in court, I'm the one that's performing. I'm the one that's having to to do my job, and I don't get the the this kind of fun part to just watch and observe and I learned a lot and the reason I'm telling you this is because they are all it was all women all the attorneys were women the experts were all guys all the the, the attorneys were women and there was a lot of them you know and there was there was ad litem attorneys there was an attorney for everybody the witnesses had attorneys in yeah. a county court it was like not even a district court so it was mm-hmm. kind of you know it was mind-boggling that there were so many people ready to go and um the uh uh, there was an, uh, an expert witness on, the stand, witness on the stand, and he was a financier, and, you know, it, it, the whole thing just played out like drama. What was interesting, though, was that the judge kind of, she said, um, she told two of the lead attorneys, she goes, by the way, while I was on my break, um, I ch- uh, my clerks checked y'all out, and you are not, um, you're, you're, you, have to, you have to take a guardianship course because you're not even, you don't even have the authority under state law to be, be doing this case right now because you don't have your certificate. So it must have been a guardian case. Yes, it was. So yeah. the mom must have been living. Yes, and that's what I'm they saying. wanted to the be mom, a guardian. They were trying to be guardian of the state because mom's assets had increased, and these two. And well, so what happened? Well, uh, well, I just thought it was interesting that the that I was thinking, wow, everybody's doing so well, and everybody's dressed up, and this is great. Not, and I know that maybe that's what people think about me. I hope not, but I would be like, you know, just humiliated if the judge said in front of everybody, oh, and by the way, I think you're not certified. You're not certified, and you better. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna take a, a break until tomorrow, and you have until, you know, tomorrow to get it done. Like, maybe you can get it online. I think you can. Well, it's been a while since I've... Yeah, I did I'm it. currently certified, but I, I can't remember. not too it long ago. Been, you know, it was, it was a CLE. I got certified that's by why, just getting That's why you can't do it quickly. You've got to get CLEs. Maybe they can find some through the I state I think you bar. can do it online. You can do almost all... It's amazing the things that you can do online now. For an example, um, I have a lot, a lot, a lot of clients that have tickets, and I was in... No. Um, uh, not me. Mm. You know, I should get them. But thanks to you, <laughs> somehow I have some connections now. But anyway, um, I was in the um, Harris County Precinct for Place One, which is over there off Cypresswood. And that place was a zoo. There were so many people. You couldn't have fit a sardine in there, not even. And it was because they had gotten flooded out over Harvey. And they right. just moved back in mm-hmm. from being off, off of um, Clayton Road or mm-hmm. wherever, you know, that place that's way over there uh, in the boondocks. And uh, this is the craziest thing. Um, all these people are in there, and they were dismissing cases right and left because there were so many people that had set their cases for jury trial. And they were like, oh, well, if you wait, if, you're, if your officer didn't show up, although all the officers that subpoenaed are here, they were saying this, but right after that, they started dismissing everybody. Really? Yeah, and so then I was sort of like, oh, my gosh, I should have... I should have waited, you know, a couple of hours to see if my guy showed up because it was a Friday afternoon and there wasn't officers that were going to be there on a Friday afternoon for a jury trial. No way. Uh, For for a a case that had been reset for two years because of Harvey. And um, I ended up um, not taking the risk. And and my guy had uh, five, five tickets. Because he just did everything wrong. He didn't have, you know, everything was like, he didn't have a ticket. You know, everything he could have done without everything really. Everything was expired. He, and, he was only like 10 miles over the speed limit, but he had, a, you know, a, a missing headlight. And, you know, just everything was wrong. Mm-hmm. And it, and all of his fines had accumulated and he had, had missed court a few times. And so it was kind of a bad thing. But th- what they were doing was they were offering, they said one time only, which I don't know if that was really the case, but they were that busy though, at that particular precinct. One time only and... Uh, we're going to, we'll give you a, a, a deferred, but it's, the deferred is over today, and we'll give you um, a cut rate on what your fines were. And so my guy's fines were like, you know, $2,000. And so the offer was, we'll dismiss everything today um, for like $300. 
Oh my and it's, goodness! And uh, but if you waited to make sure your officer wasn't there and like none of the officers were there, right. then you flat out just got dismissed. And so I guess that's sort of even though this is Montgomery County people, and so I can say this because we would, that would never happen in Montgomery County. No, <laughs> even though no. I wish it would. Yeah, <laughs> it would never me too. Happen. Me too. When I before I go in there, I'm like forever. It's like I'm fighting for every little dogged thing I can get. But in this particular court, because of Harvey, um, they were dismissing a lot. I mean, it was right and left. That's fantastic. Okay, so the definition of a trust. Oh, okay. I'm going to tell our listeners. Okay, I'm sorry. I got okay, if you come into funds some way, say like you get a settlement in court or you just have a bunch of money, uh, your parents have accumulated a lot or your family has accumulated a lot. You put that money in. It's basically an investment package with a trustee, which is often a bank or someone who... Uh, knows about investing, yes. mm -hmm. you create a trust. It's just a legal document, basically. And all those assets, bank accounts, say you got a, were in a car accident and you got $250,000. Mm -hmm. Well, you don't want to just put that in your bank and live off of it. You want to invest it. So no, you, I would. You would? Okay, well. <laughs> <may, laughs> I would me. buy lotto tickets. That's what I'm doing today. Would you really? Yeah, I'd buy 250,000 of them. If it was at the billion, isn't it over a billion right now? I don't know. The I odds don't are follow really good that. if you buy that many. Really? Well, right. You and I'm win. not really materialistic. I would just want to see if I could win. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, say you didn't buy lotto tickets. <laughs> Some of our listeners would want to invest that money so they could create what's called a trust. And a trust is just... Typically, a professionally managed fund of money that, that say you open it with a bank, you know, Chase Bank or something. It doesn't have to and be with the bank, though. It doesn't have to be. You can have a, you can name a person mm -hmm. as your trustee. But whoever the trustee is manages those funds. And mm -hmm. as the trustee of those funds, they have certain duties. Mm -hmm. We call them fiduciary duties, responsibilities. They've got to always act in the best interest of the beneficiary. So if I got a settlement, I was in a car accident, which God willing, that will never happen. But I was in a car accident. I got two $250,000. I decided I wanted to open a trust with the funds. I'd go to the bank, create, as an attorney, I could create it myself. You can create it yourself too. You can download a form online, I think, mm -hmm. and, and create a, a trust for yourself. And then I would put a bank in charge. I, that's what I would do. Put some financial person in charge of uh, managing those funds and charge making them all. grow. Then that's right. They charge quite a bit of money. Mm -hmm. As a matter of fact... I'd rather buy a lottery ticket. Would you? Well, I mean, as a matter of fact, sometimes they charge more than you even make on those things. Um, they are a disinterested third party in general. Not all the time, though. You can get involved. Yeah. And I've had a lot of cases where big, big banks, and we're dealing with lots and lots of money, do the wrong thing because it's just political. Um, you know, uh, once again, the love of money is the root of all evil. Well, I have a case here that we're going to talk about. We already talked a little bit about it, about a, a man who did just that. And what happens when um, you transfer uh, securities investors and brokers and stuff, when they transfer funds to a certain account, a lot of times they get dividends, or not dividends, but uh, benefits. They mm -hmm. get bonuses. Mm -hmm. And uh, so a lot of these people that manage uh, financial assets, if they've got 50 clients and they talk their clients into all moving their funds from one investment to another, that talk broker, <laughs> that broker can get all you financial analysts out there that are listening to our, our show. She didn't mean that. You don't talk them into, you advise them properly of the, <laughs> that's what you're supposed to do. <laughs> but, <laughs> but securities investors Best get in trouble a lot because mm -hmm. they end up uh, Self-dealing. And did you know, like you were just I'm saying. sure you knew this, but I did not know this because, you know, I was just kind of blindly going to school and, you know, doing my thing. Um, you don't have to have a degree to be a securities investor. You just have to I pass. Uh, and so all these people that are like, you know, UBS Payne Weber. Certified. And, you know, and, and they're all dressed up and dealing with their money. They just took like their Series 7 and they took mm -hmm. some tests and then mm -hmm. you're letting them manage your money. Mm-hmm. Lotto, lotto. Right. And a, lo a lot of lawsuits as a result of that. And uh -huh. also as a result of that, we've got some... Uh We've got some uh, statutes that protect citizens from it. But anyway, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll talk more about trust here on The Legal Connection with Tony and Cheryl.
guys, this is Connor. This is Dick. This is Chris. And we're with the Ticket Stub Podcast every Thursday live at noon on 104.5 and 106.1 FM in the Conroe area. Also, anytime at IRLoneStar.com. You go to IRLoneStar.com backslash TTS. You can find all of our social media. And don't forget, we give away two tickets to the Grand Theater on every show. If you like movies and you like complaining or celebrating anything that has to do with the silver screen, Check out the Ticket Stub podcast and join us every Thursday at noon o'clock on Lone Star Community Radio. Is there someone you know who is hooked on vintage aircraft? Follow the commemorative Air Force and its fleet of World War II planes, including the mighty B-17 Flying Fortress Texas Raiders, which is based in Conroe, Texas. Texas Raiders tours locally and all around the United States, offering the public a chance to put their hands on aviation history. What could be a more perfect gift and a flight on a historic B-17. Taking to the sky on the iconic bomber is an experience that will never be forgotten. For the touring schedule, reservations, or more information, go to b17texasraiders.org or call 855-FLY-A-B-17. A Lone Star Community Radio is ready for the summer. If you or anyone you know is looking for summer internship opportunities, a Lone Star Community Radio is a great place to grab the mic and be on the air. A Lone Star Community Radio offers a great opportunity to those interested in learning about the radio world all year round. Be an on-air personality, talk show producer, or YouTube TV podcast editor. Contact the station at info at IRLoneStar.com or call the station's message line at 936 647 3776. Welcome back to The Legal Connection with Tony and Cheryl. Tony and I are here today talking about trust. And uh, so, um, you know, what are some of the benefits of creating a trust. You know, we're talking about a trust. It's a structured thing where assets go into it. You've got a trustee who is the person that that, that has legal title to the, well, the trust actually has legal title to the assets that are placed in it. The trustee is the person who manages uh, those assets. And the beneficiary, there was another name for beneficiary. What was it? Certified something, uh, is the one who directly benefits. Yeah, and they're certifiable. I've been called that. Uh-huh. <laughs> and they directly benefit from the assets in the trust that are created mm-hmm. and dispersed. And, you know, you've got, like, the reasonably prudent investor standard where those assets have to be, you know, invested in, like, 20% blue chip, 30%. You know, all that stuff just makes my eyes roll back in my head all about trust. What I'm thinking about, when I think when I see trust and I really get involved in a case and I'm asked to represent somebody, the word trust scares me to death. It's like, oh, it's that it's that thing that I dealt with when I was a landman for like 30 years that people set up that I needed to go look into the Secretary of State and find out who, you know, what it, how it was set up and, and I need, oh, not the Secretary of State, but I need to look in the land records and find out who was actually behind the trust. And it always ended up that the trust was actually the person that it was named for and it was set up for just a vehicle to prevent somebody from getting to their assets. That's all it was. It was a, a, an entity, a legal entity by which somebody put their money so that it could be properly invested or they got some kind of tax haven out of it. But the most important thing that it did was it took the money out of a place where it could be hit if there was a judgment against them or somebody that wanted somebody's money, it got put there. For an example, That's the elderly. Oh. And mm-hmm. that that I, I, that was the case that I just recently did where there was an, um, an elderly woman who um, she really, I mean, when I say elderly, I mean, I'm getting pretty close there now myself, but I know I'm not because... Because you know, I'm because you're not. Because I'm not. Mm-hmm. But but there's different. I, I don't want to kind of go off on a tangent here, but there's different degrees of elderly. There's um there's the uh, the 
uh, I want to say, who can we think of right now that is like just the ultimately hot woman, like uh, the, the, the Cheryl Teagues, who just turned 70 elderly, which she is not elderly, not even now. Right. Um, and then uh, I'm just even trying to think of people that are in even the 40s and 50s. Suzanne Summers. What about her? She's in her 70s. Yeah, but she, you know what? She just started to kind of look a little elderly to me with all of the, the, the Botox and Recently, the frozen face and um, all that stuff. It's just in the last she decade. Looks right, right. But, but up until she was about 65, hot. Yeah, gorgeous. Just like Sophia Lauren, too, like really, yeah. really hot. Beautiful. And then there's some people that, um, but it's just that there's a, there's some breaking point where they turn from just really, really amazingly young looking until they're like 65 to they're getting ready to step into the crip. Mm-hmm. And it, I don't know what it is. I don't know whether they, it's a mindset or what. But anyway, that being said, what happens is um, in, in real life, not, you know, la la land, um, that these people have accumulated a lot of money and they see themselves kind of getting closer to death because you can't take it with you. Right. And suddenly their relatives are looking at that corpus, mm-hmm. are looking at the end of, hey, what, even though they not love their corpus, the corpus of the funds. Yeah, not the corpse, the corpus <laughs> of the trust. And they're thinking, wow, maybe I need to like, be a, be a little, nice a little undue influence here, maybe. And this happens very, very much. So, so beware much. people that are loving to your mother. There's going to be some, our, our aunts and uncles that don't have any kids, some um, um, niece or nephew that, that knows how this works is suddenly going to be living with them right next door, chumming up to them, undue influence, kissing up so that they become the trustee. And they get control of these funds through a trust or through a will, and they inherit your money. Now, you don't want to be greedy or anything because you can't take it with you and all that stuff, but you know. And you be the one taking care of your parents. Well, wouldn't it be better, though, if you were a little bit more charitable, uh, you know, and you're a little bit more godly and you actually were helping the person and not trying to run them into the ground? And, like, for an example, when somebody does get in a car wreck, somebody young and maybe they're mentally disabled or even physically disabled, somebody steps in and um, they become the trustee of your funds, let's say it was you that was disabled, Right. suddenly somebody else has got your funds and the person that the trust was for is not getting the be- the benefit of the trust because of greed and those seven deadly sins. That's what our topic is about today. It's about what happens to those assets when there's somebody that's doing the wrong thing and that we're going to tell you how to protect yourself. And if you get in a situation where your money is in a trust that you no longer have control over, what you can do to to get it back, to get control back of your money, out of your money. Mm-hmm. And there's so that kind of leads into our next question. Um, revocable trust versus irrevocable, Irre- irrevocable trust. Irrevocable trust. Mm-hmm. And the difference okay, between the two of them. Well, living trusts are created in the person who creates its lifetime. That's called a living trust. Mm-hmm. And when that person dies, the trust becomes irrevocable. You know, I get a lot of questions about, you know, uh, well, my dad's money is in a trust, and my stepmom's going to get this, and when she dies, I'll get something. But um, she's not my real mom, and and once my dad dies, and the trust, uh, she starts living off the trust funds. Can she change the whole thing? Mm-hmm. Well, the answer is no, she can't, because. When your father dies, in that example, that trust becomes irrevocable. Okay, so here we have a listener question, and the the question is, what is the difference between a revocable trust and an irrevocable trust? And the answer is, I think you just answered it, a revocable trust is one that can be modified or revoked at any time. This type of trust normally becomes irrevocable when the trust maker dies, and an irrevocable trust cannot be changed. So, so then the next question is, what is a living trust and how do they work? And you kind of answered that too, but to kind of give the, the textbook answer, a living trust is a common type of trust used to transfer trust property to beneficiaries without probate. And that's kind of important because people get so scared of probate. I'm doing a bunch of probates right now. People do not be afraid of probate. It's not that difficult. Many, many people do it on their own. If you go to the Harris County probate site, and even Montgomery County has a site for it, or you can go to the a Texas Attorney General and you just Google it, it will tell you how you can probate your will. Uh, there's a, a lot of times wills can't be probated because something was wrong with them. But if you want to avoid that, then you set your, your and, and have some control over it, then you can set up a trust. Okay, now that being said, after you make a living trust, you transfer property into the trust. In other words, you have to set up the trust first. And you transfer property into the trust. Let's say it's that 
mega billion dollars that I'm going to win today. In your loss. Oh, yeah. in the lottery ticket you Yeah, got. because right. I know I'm going to win. And when I do, I'm going to share with you, You're I promise. You're so sweet. And I, I'm so excited that wait. I'm getting ready to win. <laughs> <laughs> Me too, Tony. Yeah, but um, I'm not, I don't want to get too involved in that right now because so many other people need our help right now. But when I do win, I'm going to set up a living trust, okay? Um, and then, uh, so you transfer the property of your Mega Williams uh, proceeds into the trust, and you become the trust trustee. So I'm going to have the TLC trust, right? Mm -hmm. um, a living trust is revocable, so you can change it during your lifetime. So if I change my mind and I'm going to give everything to Catholic Charities mm -hmm. or the Charity of Christine, mm -hmm. or more importantly, um, the charity of my, let's see, I don't know if I can see this, Aww. the charity of my beloved, handsome Dr. Collins, and here I'm showing a picture right now of was that uh, college? In co yes, Look he was a cadet at a and He just looks so handsome. Uh, um, uh, but really, this is what attracted me to him. Uh, I, 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 this, this, I saw this. He looks like Leave it to Beaver. This is when he was five. And this is when the same, speaking of elections, this was November of 1968 when Nixon was elected. Let me see, Tony. And he was all excited about it. Oh. He's like, what's that guy that was in uh, the, the, the ultra-conservative kid in that show where the lady ended up being in real life... Um, uh, homosexual, gro not growing pains. Remember, he was always... Oh, oh, oh uh, and Facts now it, of Lie. No, uh, no, no. Michael J. Fox is yeah, the guy. Yes, yes, but... And Meredith Baxter oh, is the Oh, no, woman. station manager Dick, quick. It was called... What, what was the name of the show with Michael J. Fox? Was no, that was the one life? with all the girls in it. No. Oh, that's right. No, no, come on, come on. Um, what was the show that he was in? Come on. It was called... It was very popular It was very popular. Time. So he... Family ties. Family ties. That's right. Thank you. So he was like the Michael J. Fox. Yes. And see, you can tell by looking at this. This um, my and this. He was probably very happy that Nixon had won in a landslide. Oh, Little yeah. did he know that things would be going down, the sliding downhill after that. Yeah. yeah. That Mr. Mr. Okay. So anyway, that being said, um, the a living trust is revocable, uh, and once we put the money in the Mega Millions, I can revoke it after. But after I die, if I still have the revocable trust, in, I mean, the living trust in place, the trust becomes irrevocable because there's terms within that trust that says what's going to happen to that corpus, okay? Mm -hmm. That's how you avoid the will. Mm -hmm. This uh, A trust is, is a, a will avoidance, a probate avoidance um, entity, okay? And so if you want to make sure that your, your family doesn't fight over your will or try to get it revoked or whatever, then you have control over it by putting it into a living trust, which you can also change, which is very important because we're going to talk about mm -hmm. while, while you're alive. So you have a lot of control over it still. You don't get all the tax breaks when it's revocable, but you can protect your corpus of your mega millions because people can't get to it because it's a live entity on its own, okay? And you file taxes on it. It has its own EIN. That's right. All right? So it's not as easy as what we're saying, just go set your stuff up in trust. It has to be done legally. Mm -hmm. Bank, you, you normally will set up a bank account where the money will go into the trust, and the banks will, uh, won't will set up the account until you actually have a written trust document that tells where the money will go in the event of your death. So your trust document has to be done properly, so it's just not as easy as just kind of writing something out. Where, whereas a will, like we've had many shows on wills, a holographic will is one that you can just literally just put on the top of it, when I die, I want all my property to go to station manager Dick, mm -hmm. which I'm sure he'd be very happy about. And sign it and date it. Yeah. You don't even yeah. really have to date it, but date it. Although date I'm it. not going to do that. Instead, all my property will go to my beloved cadet, uh, Dr. Le Collins. Leave it to Beaver, Michael J. Fox. And if my daughter's listening, no, actually, it'll all go to you. And if my son's listening, it'll all go to you. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I don't, I, I'm going to say right here, I don't have a will because when I die, I don't, I don't, I want to look down and watch everybody fight over my mega billion winnings. Okay. Okay. I have to say this. I told Tony the other day that uh, the standard rule is that at your funeral only. Six people or less actually cry. And so we were just on the phone talking, and I said, isn't it sad that we spend all of our lives... And you know why they're crying. Try, try to, no, I'm going to tell what you said. Okay. Don't tell it. And so I said, isn't it sad that we spend all of our lives trying to make these people happy, and then they're not even crying at our funeral? And Tony said, no, 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 no. This is how you get them to cry at your funeral. You tell them they're going to inherit something under your will. <laughs> And then they're all there, and then disinherit all of them, and then they'll cry. No, you have the reading of the will right there at, at the, the memorial. Funeral. And mm -hmm. when they sit down there, just like in the, the movies, like with the rich guy movies, and everybody's like, <gasps> so it said all these wonderful things about you, and then it all goes to my favorite Catholic, Catholic charities. charities. That's right. <laughs> okay, well, so um, 
That is an, that's a revocable trust. Yeah, but here's the question. Okay. Is there any way to contest a trust? Oh, yes. Okay. How? Well, you contest a trust uh, with the ways that you contest it, that it was done under duress. Just like a will. Just like a will. Yeah, you go to court. That's how you contest it. Exactly. Unless you want to work it out outside of court. But um, a trust contest could be successful if the trust maker was mentally incompetent, Mm -hmm. When they made the trust, incapacity, f uh, forced to enter it, duress, um, unduly influenced mm -hmm. to enter it, mm -hmm. um, or deceived when setting up the trust. Those are all defenses, and there's many, many other defenses to that. Mm -hmm. But those are the big ones that mm -hmm. where you can try to get rid of it, um, and that's after the person is. This assumes that it's that it was irrevocable, or you're already dead, and you're having to look down you know, and jangle some chains and that kind of thing, which I don't have to do because I'll be in purgatory, you know, sprinkling little Catholic dust on everybody and mm -hmm. saying prayers. And But, you know, purgatory lasts a long time is my understanding. Really? Only, and you know what? This is another thing I learned at, at church this weekend, um, which I don't know why I didn't know this before. Everybody, I knew this, everybody that dies, that ends up in heaven is a saint, okay? So heaven is Filled with saints, okay? Right. But why do some saints get get veneration days and feast days and, and they're special? Like, you know, my, one of my favorite saints, St. Saint Sebastian, St. Saint Jude, St. Saint Jude's, I love all of those. Because I'm not even. It, isn't it because the Catholic Church decided that they were going to be a saint here? Uh, well, no, because them? this is uh, uh, if a. If a person dies and then after their death they still are creating miracles then they they, they kind of then the, the the Vatican kind of looks at it and they start working through it so that's the hard part in order to be a saint that gets recognized and that's one of those things that those characteristics you shouldn't want when you go to heaven like you know still getting all the glory and all that stuff when really there's only one person that gets the glory or one entity and that's God um, and so I'm kind of wondering isn't that sort of tainted to want to be venerated and you know, be discussed and have a feast day. Well, maybe day. they don't want it. Maybe, you know, it's just the people here decide that they're going to honor them. You know those saints don't Do you don't think want that it. priests and all these people actually become priests, all of them? I think because they're just doing it for, the, you know, for, for God's sake. I think for God's sake. Um, I think it's because some of them want to want. be venerated. Oh, sure. And that's not holy. So I think they're still in purgatory, speaking of... <laughs> You know, where I'll be for a while. Because purgatory oh, okay. is the place that you go before you're cleansed. And, right, right. You know, and prayed out of it. The good thing is, is that you didn't go down. Yeah. You're just sort of in a neutral zone until a long time. Because there's no time, really, when you get to purgatory. And people have to pray you out of purgatory, though. Which is why I pray for everybody that died. And, man, so many people are dying right now. It's exhausting. I spend more and more time in the chapel. Well, anyway. you're very sweet. You must be a saint. Um, no. Okay, so I want to talk about irrevocable trust. Oh, okay. You know what? We're going to go to a break right now, and when we come back, we are going to continue our discussion on uh, trust uh, here on The Legal Connection with Tony and Cheryl. Want to check out the fastest growing sport in the world? It's right here in Conroe, Texas, and it's roller derby. Conroe Roller Derby is a nonprofit recreational league of women and men who want you to come and check out the fast-paced, hard-hitting game of roller derby. The Conroe Cutthroats practice at Rainbow Roller Rink on Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Sundays. You can find our game schedule and more information on our website, www.conroerollerderby.com. Hey, Montgomery County and online listeners. Thank you so very much for checking out Jazzy Vibes with Soul. What? You haven't done so yet? Well, you've got to tune in. Hi, I am the host of Jazzy Buys with Soul, Miss Cece Holmes, and I invite you to check us out every Friday and Saturday from 7 until 9 p.m., where you will get the best in old-school R&B and, of course, a little smooth jazz to make it jazzy. So tune in. That's right, tune in every Friday and Saturday right here on Conroe's 104.5 and 106.1 FM or worldwide at IRLongStar.com. Lone Star Community Radio is looking for those who are interested in hosting their own talk show. With monthly and weekly slots available on Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1, and on IRLongStar.com. Start your own podcast. Create your first 
YouTube channel and be on TV. Contact Lone Star Community Radio online at IRLoneStar.com or call the station message line at 936-647-3776. Welcome back to The Legal Connection with Tony and Cheryl. Tony and I are here today talking about trust. And I just want you to know that you can check us out on Facebook, uh, www.facebook.com slash Legal Connection Show. And you can like us, you can follow us, you can... Uh, trust us. Right, and listen live. And uh, also, you can download the podcast. It's available on Wednesdays, early Wednesday mornings, uh, because our show is always on Tuesday from 12 to 1 on 104.5 and 106.1. But on Wednesday mornings, you can get us on Google Play or iTunes. Um, So we are here talking about trust. And, Tony, I just want to talk for a second about irrevocable trust. You know, irrevocable, you know, okay, so you got a living trust. Mm -hmm. becomes irrevocable Mm -hmm. upon death. Irrevocable sounds like, oh, that's the end of the story. Mm -hmm. There's nothing we can do. But I think you alluded to it. You started to talk about it a little bit. Mm -hmm. And our last section is that you can. Mm -hmm. Uh, There are defenses or there are uh, claims of undue influence, Mm -hmm. uh, incapacity, all of that kind of stuff. And that kind of goes to what's called an affirmative defense. It's when when you're not denying something happened, but there is a defense for why it's still... Um, okay, and, and, and an affirmative defense would be um, statute limitations. That's some stuff that I was working on um, the other day. Um, and there's a gazillion affirmative defenses. But basically, we agree we breached that contrast. We agree that the trust is, ba- uh, I guess that's a bad example for trust, um, uh, affirmative defense. We agree that whatever happened, happened. However, you're too late. Statute limitations, you didn't fall in time to get to get any benefit or damages from that. So... Sorry, too bad, so sad. So that self-defense is an affirmative defense. Right, right. You're saying it did happen, right. but this is why I was it's defending okay. myself. This is why we're exonerated from it, or whatever the case may be. All right, and um, I'm going to throw in there that because we were talking about living trusts, living trusts are portrayed by financial pl- planners as the ultimate estate planning tool and something everyone needs. The truth is, a living trust may not solve all your problems. So don't be sticking everything into a living trust thinking you're going to, you know, not get hit with, you know, that uh, this happens a lot. People trying to avoid, um, in divorce situation, trying to hide their money from their spouse so they put their money in a trust so it can't be tapped and um, and they don't get, disclose it in discovery or whatever the case may be. But there, you're, eventually there, there's going to be a paper trail, just like there always is if you dig deep enough. So don't be trying to, don't be dishonest. And I, I'm, this goes right back to my, my, my Catholic doctrine, which reminds me, Beto O'Rourke, Beto O'Rourke is Catholic. He was an Irish Catholic. Yeah. It makes no sense, but he's also pro-abortion. So that, 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 that kind of gets me off on a whole other tangent. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, the truth is a living trust may not solve all your problems, but maybe one piece of your estate planning toolbox. That's sort of the key word. To find out what's right for you, you need to ask your attorney or your financial planner. Mm-hmm. That one that didn't go to college that has that, that Series 7 license that just nice started suit. last week. Right. <laughs> or or not. You know, some are fantastic. They are. But, you know, I just want to say for our listeners, just in case this one little piece of information, we, we weren't clear about it. You take your assets, you own these, right? And you you transfer ownership to the trust. So the reason that a family in a divorce situation, someone whose family's got a lot of money or whatever, there's this trust set up, mm-hmm. is that the person who's trying to keep the spouse from getting the assets in the trust Good says, uh, they're not mine. They're owned by the trust. Yeah, here's uh, the, the perfect example is Anna Nicole Smith. Um, Anna Nicole Smith marries 89-year-old man. She's mm-hmm. 26. She's mm-hmm. a gold digger, mm-hmm. a beautiful gold digger. Mm-hmm. He is getting ready to meet his maker, but hey, I'm going to slide in with my chocolate and my wine and this really hot girl, okay, mm-hmm. this hot right. stripper. Mm-hmm. And she marries him, but the son has seen this happen before. Right. And Which reminds me, my my uh, my beloved husband bought me a a full-length um, sable, sable coat, mm-hmm. and it was owned by Howard Marshall's 
um, ex, um, the one uh, before Anna Nicole, the, 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 the pre Anna Nicole Smith. Oh, okay. And uh, we ended up buying it because it was so beautiful. Oh, I know. I've seen um, it. Yes. It, it's gorgeous. I'll wear it one day up here with my mm -hmm. little pillbox hat and all that stuff. And, um, so, so anyway, uh, the son has seen this before. The son had seen it happen before because, because Howard Marshall had bought this beautiful sable coat amongst other houses and all of the kind of things for this woman. And, um, and so he put a stop to it and he's like, Hey, Dad, love you to death, but you're like, you know, uh, in your 70s, and I've got my, you know, master's or PhD or whatever, and I think, I think all the marshals might be dead by now, but I'm unsure. One of the sons might still, still be alive, the estranged one. Um, the one that didn't like Anna Nicole Smith, I think he's already dead. But anyway, um, he took all Dad's assets from all those billions of dollars, whatever he had from his oil company, and he put it into a trust. And so when, when the rich guy died, he duped Anna because whose name really was Vicki Marshall. Her name wasn't really Anne. I don't know why she picked that, but it was a pretty name. Um, he, uh, she was duped because she didn't get anything. She didn't inherit anything because it was all in a trust. Mm -hmm. So the son moved so all of Dad's assets. had been transferred. And she couldn't get to it. So, yeah. yes, she was the wife, but she inherited nothing. Same thing happened with the last case I just did. Um, bad brother, three brothers, all inheriting from mom, takes all the money, and he creates this trust right before she dies and, and moves it so that nobody can inherit. So there's nothing to probate. Mm -hmm. However, we were able to get around that because not for fraud, not by undue influence, not by all the different affirmative defenses that, you know, mental incapacity or all the things you could get around, but we actually went to the core of the trust itself. This elderly woman had never... Uh, signed the trust. You, you have to have donative intent. The person that creates the trust has to sign off on the trust. Right. Without that person actually saying that they want to do it, whether you finagle into doing it or not, which he wasn't able to do, then your trust does not exist. So that's another way to make it so that the money, the right thing happens. Mm -hmm. And the right thing may be that it needs to be a living trust. And I think in the situation with um, J. Howard Marshall, that probably was the right thing right. that Anna Nicole Smith didn't inherit because mm -hmm. she did marry him for his money. Mm -hmm. That's right. Well, you know, Tony, it's like in Head v. State, I talked a, a little earlier about, um, there was this guy who, uh, he was a broker. He sold uh, trust and annuities, and his attorney created a fund managed by the attorney and represented to these elderly individuals that uh, they were purchasing distressed assets. Distressed assets are things like um, bad loans or uh, repossessed cars. Not shabby chic. Not shabby chic. That's right. <laughs> and so... Um, what this man did... Or your, your, your uh, what I call your um, trophy wife, who has not, you've not funded, that's a distressed asset. If you're <laughs> She's very distressed. Okay. Uh, that's journey. me on my law school final, not well, doing well. <laughs> you just a distressed asset. Okay. Well, so in, at the trial court, and the appellate court affirmed this, a jury convicted him of... Um, Misapplication of fiduciary property. Those were the annuities and, mm -hmm. and assets that mm -hmm. these elderly people this is very gave common. him. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And assess punishment at 25 years confinement and a $10,000 fine. And they also convicted him of securities fraud and assess punishment at 32 years now, where, and a $10,000 fine. It was right here in Houston. And when when was that case? 2009. And um, I guess that the federal, the feds got involved in because in order to actually have time, it has to be a crime. Right. So there, must, there was a lot of money involved that they stepped into the picture. Wow. There was a lot of, well. How did it get found out, do you know? How did it get found out? You know, the people um, that wanted the money were like, hey, you got my money? Or Yeah. There mm -hmm. was uh, one woman, I think her name was Head. Uh, no, not Head. Um, McKellen. Uh, she had a trust. Mm -hmm. and, uh, How old was she? Her 76, mm -hmm. and uh, she, her uh, her name was Theo, and uh, her niece was named Broussard, mm -hmm. and the niece was the beneficiary of the trust mm -hmm. that was a living trust created mm -hmm. when Theo was living. Mm -hmm. Well, so Theo goes to the nursing home. I mean, it's just unbelievable how these people Very, cheat. very common. When somebody goes in a nursing home and somebody else has got control of your money at first, they, you just you trust them when we're going to get into that right now. Who should I trust to be my trustee? But you trust them, and then all of a sudden, some you know you got to pray the Saint Michael prayer because some evil spirits roaming and prowling around trying to ruin their soul, and 
then they turn into yeah. a mass murder. And well, Theo <laughs> actually had, she was the trustee. So uh, the d- defendant, the guy who went to prison and still in prison, uh, I believe his first name was Robert, but it was Mr. Head, goes to the nursing home and gets her to sign over her annuities to him. Mm-hmm. So then all the money disappears, and her mm-hmm. uh, beneficiary, the one that the you trust gotta was created for. You've got to be able to trust for, your trustee or have co-trustees or have the bank be the trustee. But be very, very careful because that is so common. Well, so uh, the the uh, beneficiary t- calls these guys, calls Mr. Head and says, what happened to the money? And he said, oh, I can't talk to you. I can only talk to Miss Thiel, who's now, you know, in a nursing home. Mm-hmm. And so uh, Broussard goes and gets an attorney to find out what happened and, and to the money. And the problem is when they collected these annuities from these elderly people, mm-hmm. there are penalties for cashing in. Mm-hmm. So you can have an annuity worth $5 million and you pay $2.5 million to cash it in early. Mm-hmm. So Thiel actually paid two. million Mm. uh, in penalties to give Mr. Head. That's not much compared to the billions I'm going to win tonight. (laughs) With lottery. Mm -hmm. Um, So anyway, this guy went to prison for 50-something years, and it was right here in That reminds me of another case that I did this summer. Um, There was an ex-police chief of a small town in in the panhandle that I was working with, and um, he, uh, his money was... and this was legitimate. He legitimately got married, and his wife was trying to take care of him in the nursing home. But his son, uh, his actual blood son, uh, wanted the money and sued um, and got an attorney to sue so that all of the money that he had in this trust would go directly, would no longer go to the, would not go to, to the dad anymore. He was trying to say that the dad was incompetent. And the dad had physical impairments, but he wasn't mentally incompetent. And so it, they, they, the son froze up his dad's money for like two or three years, and he couldn't access it because this, this shifty attorney up in the panhandle and all, you know, in small courts a lot of times, you know, particularly if you don't office right. around there, he had a lot of, they, they all knew each other. He was able to control these assets. So this guy had nothing. I mean, he had no, he couldn't, he couldn't go into his retirement because the son had asserted that he was, that his new wife was trying to rip him off and they froze everything. So this guy had nothing. And he, it was just really sad. Nobody was even visiting. The son well, was so trying to get his money. What did you Ultimately, do? what happened was I stepped in and I, and they got an ad litem from the court mm-hmm. and the ad litem was, Reasonable. The ad litem. We got. We got with the ad litem. We talked with Thank them. God. We got witnesses. We got. We went in there to show that he wasn't incompetent because even though he would, he had like MS. He was, you know, physically. It looked like by talking with them, he wasn't all there. If you were to ask him legitimate questions, he was as sharp as a tack. Okay. Right. And so, um, he ultimately said that there, he's not incompetent. There's nothing wrong with this relationship. That is his money. You need to release it. They still wouldn't release the proceeds to my client until I moved for a court order. When I finally got, um, when we finally won the case, basically saying he's not incompetent, it's his, the attorney put the money in the court registry and then wouldn't release it. And then when I, when I, um, when I filed a motion to get it out, he said, I'll only release it if you withdraw your motion. I'm like, no, I'm not withdrawing my motion. How am I going to get the money out of the registry? So it was crazy. And we had a good, the state bar had to get involved. But oh, no. craziness because my, love of money is the root of all evil. They tried to get this guy's money when it was secure. So it's, you get it from all different angles. So the, the bottom line is, and here's my question for you, who should be my trustee for my trust? Who do you think? Uh, I think your trustee needs to be someone with some, my personal opinion, it, someone you trust, mm-hmm. but someone with some financial know-how, someone who understands clearly what your goals are and what you and want. When you tell me that, the first thing that comes to mind is the divine mercy Jesus. Jesus, I trust in you. Yeah. But he's not a person. Yeah. I mean, he is a person, but he's not. He would be the yeah. perfect trustee. Yes, he would. Because but he's the ultimate fiduciary. Most people name themselves as trustee. Mm-hmm. Why not have yourself as trustee? Sure. So that they can manage the trust assets during their lifetime. Mm-hmm. You can choose anyone, even a corporation, as your trustee if you set one up if you prefer. Right. And a lots and lots of oil and gas people do that. They have trust the trust is the trustee, and the and, and it just you know it's layered and layered and layered and layered, uh, so that you can't get to it. But the bottom line is, you go to the Secretary of State, you can eventually find out who the real person is, and it's just a big you know cycle. But legitimately, like Bill Gates, that's what you would do. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people that win the lotto, because I know I'm going to win the lotto, mm-hmm. a lot mm-hmm. of people do actually set up blind trust so you can't see 
who the person is that's the trustee, and they'll have their attorney or somebody that they truly trust, like, like um, who is Batman's guy? Robin? No, Alfred? no, no, that was his friend. I would Alfred? have Robin. Alfred, yeah, I would have him be my trustee. Mm -hmm. No, ro a little Robin, he ran around in a little girly outfit. No, Gee, no, no. Batman. I would never Holy have Robin be my trustee. Batman. Yeah, because he was too silly. He needed, like... Oh, Robin was awesome. So anyway, um, you will need to name um, you will need to name a successor trustee mm -hmm. who can step up to manage the trust after your death if you name yourself. Okay, very right. important. And uh, the bank will not set up your trust unless you have that because they know something like that may happen. And banks mm -hmm. get sued all the time too. Mm -hmm. But they're protected in the if if if, you, if in doubt, go to the um, estates code. Because there's lots and lots of very easy to read law that anybody can look at, and you don't need to be an attorney or rocket scientist. Well, you should get consult, you know, consultation for that. Um, and I will add this too about the uh, wills and estate, uh, the, the the trust code and the mm -hmm. probate code. When I was in school, I made the highest grade in wills, trust, and probate. I, mm -hmm. I thought it was so easy. I loved it. I thought it was the most interesting topic. Mm -hmm. And uh, and then they turned around after I was practicing other law, and they changed the entire code to the estates code. So when you go look at these cases now and you try to find case law that supports your proposition, which you know hasn't changed, mm -hmm. you can't find it because the they, they renumbered everything. It's all statutes. However... Um, Harris County and I think Montgomery County, and there's also, if you Google it, they have an estates code, probate code table that shows you what the what the, the code transferred to. Oh, So awesome. do that. And, um, and, you know, it's kind of a hassle, but I think they were trying to make it easier, but somebody went to a lot of trouble of completely reorganizing the probate code, which made me insane when I got back into it recently. But yeah. I've made it through. Okay. What property can go into a living trust? Um, anything that you want to title, a title, a transfer title ownership to. Most of your property can be but placed not in insurance, trust, as you said. Right, but not, in, right. There's a few things, like, is it insurance policies? Um, well, uh, life insurance policies and retirement accounts can't go into trust, and that's kind of weird to me. You think they could. Right. But that's because insurance policies are also non-probate assets, and they well, also right. show who will will be the beneficiary when you die. So they're outside of a trust. That's right. And they would be conflicting if they went into the trust. Mm -hmm. And I've been watching so many of these shows again about people that, you know, uh, kill other people. Forensic files and yeah, all that. Yeah, and they set up insurance policies. Oh, it's terrible, mm -hmm. isn't it? Fraudulent. Uh, okay, well, listen, we are going to wrap it up here today. We appreciate you listening with us. Tony and Cheryl, we've been talking about trusts. Uh, you can email us your questions at questions at legalconnectionshow.com, and you can catch us here on 104.5 and 106.1 every Tuesday from 12 to 1. We'll see you guys next week, and we want to remind you to serve God by serving others. And, Jesus, we do trust in you. You're the best trustee. That's true. <laughs> yes.